This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Accelerating Growth Podcast series hosted by Upgrad for Business. Trust you have enjoyed our previous episodes of Mastering Behavioral Skills by Ronnie Shruwala, HR Priorities in the New Normal voiced by Dr. Prince, Executive Vice President, Human Capital and Leadership Development at Mahindra, Planning Annual Budgets by Upgrad's Managing Director Mayank Kumar. I am Meenakshi Indra, your podcast host. I lead the end-to-end business operations at Upgrad for Business, the specialized offering for companies enabling employee upskilling and organizational achievement of business outcomes through our online and virtual instructor-led courses. Upgrad's online curriculum spans across the verticals of data, technology, management, and our newly launched Upgrad Catalyst, the specialized soft skills catalog for companies. This podcast series is our attempt to reach a wide B2B audience and empower you with in-depth and thought-provoking conversations within your work ecosystems. For our podcast today, it is my immense pleasure to introduce Vibhash Naik, Head Human Resources, Learning and Development at HDFC Life Insurance, India's largest private life insurance company. Vibhash is an industry veteran with three decades of experience working in the banking, financial services and insurance industry. He is skilled in talent management, compensation and benefits, talent acquisition, employee engagement and organizational development. Prior to working uh, for HDFC Life Insurance, Vibhash also worked with Lehman Brothers, Religia Macquarie Wealth Management and Atos Origin. Our topic of conversation today, building a productive and positive workforce is especially close to Vibhash and we are glad to have him as a key speaker. How are you doing today, Vibhash? Good, Manakshi, and thanks for the introduction. Uh, pleasure being on this podcast series. Thank you for your partnership, Vibhash. We have been in conversation with you for quite some time. And the one thing that stood out for us as a team when we were building a conversation and looking for a business um, had to talk to us about productive workforce, positive workforce, is the kind of attention and intention with which you lead HDFC Life towards this goal. And that leads me to my first query for you. Uh, Building a positive work culture is easier said than done. In your experience, how can companies work towards getting to a stable state in this? So, Minakshi, let me, before answering this question, let's uh, try to understand what culture actually means. So, let me deconstruct uh, or demystify the word culture. Please do. And uh, I'll try to kind of, you know, do it in a way... I understand uh, and hopefully it should be uh, you know easier for the rest of the people also to understand in terms of what it really means. Culture for me means uh, some total of all behaviors within the organization. So if one is subjected to a common set of behaviors in his or her interactions with various people in the company, then that is the culture for that individual. Right Now in an organization, uh, we have to nurture the right kind of behaviors behaviors that are aligned to the values uh, that the company ascribes. Now, if you look at every individual, uh, Minakshi, you know, all of us uh, behave in a specific fashion. And, you know, uh, for us, what is the definition of right and what is the definition of wrong is not based on any rule book that we carry with us. Correct. Uh, you know, it's, it's largely based on what kind of orientation we've had. Uh, it's largely based on what our parents told us, what our teachers told us, uh, you know, during our formative years. 
and uh, invariably the way we've understood is uh, you know our parents or our you know our teachers they would they would reward us if we behaved well and they would punish us if we did not behave well right uh, just like an individual uh, organizations also behave like people what are organizations organizations are nothing but you know they are made of people itself right uh, and and what management needs to do just like the way our parents or our teachers did is to ensure uh, that we reward people for 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 the right behaviors within the uh, organization and we punish them in case they demonstrate the wrong behaviors uh, and if we want people to do that then there are two things which become very important first is these behaviors get emitted out of the value systems that the company company has so it's very important for us to educate sensitize people about the values that they uh, ascribe to and that's a very important important element uh, if we want certain behaviors to uh, multiply within the organization now there are various ways in which you can uh, educate people about the about the value systems say for example in hdfc life uh, we've got a, a values framework and as part of that values framework we've got a chief values officer there are senior people who are called value ambassadors uh there are value guardians and these you know so these value ambassadors value guardians they are uh, they have a uh, they are you know they have uh, team units that they are linked to uh, and their job is to evangelize the values across those respective team team units that they are linked to they would tell people in terms of why we stand for the values that we stand for there are value dilemma case studies that we have within the organization uh you know as typically people know what is black and white but uh, many a times uh, there are shades of gray and when you're faced with those kind of situations what would the organization how would the organization expect you to kind of behave in those kind of situations is something which is which is told to people there are workshops there are training programs that happen on on some of these things the idea is you keep on reinforcing them you keep on telling people uh and this is not a one time activity you have to keep on doing this on a sustained basis eventually people start to understand in terms of you know what you stand for as an organization okay that's the that's the education part or that's the sensitization part the you know the other part is uh how do you ensure that what you're talking about or what you're prescribing is actually being being uh, uh actioned within the organization and when you have a large organization and when you have people spread across the country uh you can't just expect people to behave the way you want them to behave just because you're telling them to telling them you know this is right or this is wrong so you know what organizations need to do is uh, they need to have the right policies processes frameworks uh, to give you an example uh, your hiring processes you know are you hiring the right culture fit your performance management framework your reward and recognition framework your disciplinary uh, actions that you take or your malpractice matrix that you have within the organization all of them need to be aligned to your value systems what each one of these frameworks and processes do is you know rewarding people for demonstrating the right behaviors and punishing people in case you demonstrate the wrong behaviors uh, and you keep on doing this till the time it becomes religion within the organization there's a fulcrum of people who understand it and then if anyone who is not basically aligned to these value systems immediately gets uh, automatically gets ejected out of the system and you know eventually uh, once the organization becomes large then people understand you know this is something which is acceptable and that's how you develop culture within the place
That's true. So, Vibash, you've really broken it down for us and I uh, appreciate this. So, you've spoken about um, the definition of culture, the way you look at it, the role that an organization, you also gave an analogy in terms of how uh, the nurture part of all of us as human beings in terms of how we've grown up, whether it's the influence of parents and teachers in the ecosystem and manifesting that in our workplace. Um, you also spoke very clearly for us in terms of the policies, the processes, the framework um, that play a big role. What I'm also hearing from you is in terms of your value framework and the chief values officer, which means you do see a very large role for, let's say, the managerial chain in terms of being the upholder of the culture. I, al I always look at culture is not really bottoms up, but it's, it's top down. It's what we do rather than what we say. And in this context, I'm sure in your experience, you've had situations where uh, senior employees or managers might not be demonstrating the right kind of values. Um, did you have uh, an incident or anecdote that you can share with us or maybe an ideology that our listeners could gain from? So, yeah, Manakshi, I think you're right. See, first and foremost, when you're trying to kind of nurture a culture within the organization, uh, your senior management needs to be 100% aligned to these value systems. They need to be aligned to this culture. If you have people at the senior management who are just who are just not aligned to it, then you have a problem on hand. Because, you know, otherwise it'll end, just end up becoming lip service. You're talking about something and doing something else. Okay, so that is something which is absolutely not acceptable. This value framework that I'm talking about, uh, the chief value officer is one of our executive committee members. And uh, he has a job, he has a day job, but this is also one responsibility that's been entrusted to the CVO. Uh, the, the value ambassadors that I'm talking about are all leaders within the organization and they're all you know evps svps vps within the organization they they are allocated team units which may not necessarily be their teams uh, and as i said you know their job is to ensure that they keep on reinforcing these values through various mechanisms then there are various tools and mechanisms that they uh, that they use the idea is to keep on communicating with the with the team members who may not necessarily be their team units uh, and keep on talking about in terms of you know how HDFC life stands for these for these values. Now there could be a situations and there always will be situations wherein there will be a few managers or leaders who are not in sync with these values, or they may demonstrate certain behaviors that are that are not in sync with the HDFC life values. In these kind of situations, I think it's absolutely important for uh, the manager to have a chat with the concerned individual, and uh, and again probably educate and sensitize and tell this individual in terms of, you know, what the HDFC life way of doing things is and why something, uh, you know, that this person is demonstrating is not acceptable. You've got to be patient. Adults take time to change. You give them time. You give them help if required. You can seek the help of HR in case uh, things are not necessarily improving. But you've got to be absolutely clear that uh, culture and values are non-negotiable. If you still don't see change happening, then you don't have any other option but to change the leader. Uh, you may have to take disciplinary action, which could also probably include separation from the organization. Uh, the last thing that you want is a manager or a leader within the organization who's not aligned to your culture is being cancerous is 
is is probably uh, you know making the entire uh, environment toxic and if it's not in line with what you want then best is to separate this individual from the organization we've had we've had such kind of situations in the past and uh, i think we were very clear that you know uh, we stand for these values these things are absolutely important for us however senior or however uh, good a performer this individual was if uh, he was not being a cultural fit i think we gave time and then eventually separated the individual from the system and vivash that's a very strong message i would say that you and your organization has built um, i think is it might be very critical for the employees to also know that the same rules apply to everyone in terms of the culture fitment thanks for being so candid about it i'm i'm sure these are um, not easy conversations uh, within the organization as well because there's always a little bit of an ambiguity that comes in but the way that you've defined it is almost like a framework in place there are enough and more checks to help the individuals but ultimately despite being patient if it is not happening you value the organization culture more than one person so pretty much the sum of the parts is more equal, more important than an individual if i may yeah so so manakshi you know in our case for like we are a growing organization we keep on hiring lots of people every month every year we've been growing uh, our headcount and you know when you have people coming from different organizations uh, different parts of the country you know to keep on educating sensitizing them telling them in terms of you know why something uh, is critical why we kind of hold on to these values it is not a one time activity you've got to keep on talking about this and uh, organizations have to be patient you know if you if you want the culture to change it doesn't happen overnight you've got to be at it uh, you know year on year month on month uh, only then you can see the needle shifting uh, over a period of time for sure vibash one of the related things that comes to my mind when we talk about a strong positive culture which then leads to a very a productive and positive workforce is how different employees are treated in an organization um, over the past few years we have seen corporate india really double down on building inclusion diversity and belonging within their organizations we have sundar pichai advocated and mentioned that a diverse mix of voices leads to better discussions decisions and better outcomes for everyone I have seen flavors of that coming across in our conversation with you. Would you like to elaborate on this? Yeah, so uh, I am a big proponent of uh, diversity and inclusion. Uh, but I'll be very honest. Uh, as an organization, we have started taking some uh, steps in this direction, conscious steps in this direction, only uh, uh, recently. Uh, not that uh, we were not diverse and uh, we were uh, averse to inclusion earlier, but conscious steps in this direction and trying to kind of you know increase diversity within the organization is something that we've started to take uh, just in recent times. there's enough research on the subject that if you have similar kind of people in a team obviously the output that you will get from this team versus having a diverse set of people within the team uh, the output and the quality of discussions is going to be much much richer so there is no uh, doubt in my mind that uh, as an organization if you're progressive if you want to grow if you want to take the organization organization to the next level it's important for you to kind of nurture an inclusive workplace uh diversity i think is more of an outcome and uh, building an inclusive workplace is more as a input to that outcome uh, 
and when you say you know being inclusive it means uh, you know invariably when people talk about dni you know invariably people just keep on talking about gender diversity but diversity is of all types uh, it could be gender it could be sexual orientation in a country like ours assume that you know you have all south indians or all maharashtrians or all bengalis in a team versus uh, you have people from different states uh, in the team diversity also could be in terms of thinking styles of individuals uh, you need to have thinkers you need to have a mix of thinkers executors so you need to have people from different industries you know initially uh, even in our company there was bias to kind of hire people from the insurance industry only and over the years now we've been recruiting people from other industries and we found that you know every time we get people from outside of the industry they don't come with any kind of baggage they don't they they question the status quo Uh, they bring some newness to the uh, table net net i think uh, the organization benefits so it's something which uh, is absolutely absolutely critical and uh, there is enough to kind of do in this space no and absolutely uh, vibhash you actually uh, read my mind and addressed my next query uh, which was more in terms of how do you view diversity uh, whether we like it or not we tend to oversimplify it just based on gender and there are enough and more not just studies but appeals in terms of how different thought processes you spoke about cultural nuances you spoke about region being also a way in we get influenced and impacted thereby helping bring different ideas thoughts philosophies in, into a room into a team as we start building on different goals objectives that organizations might have had um so could you could you share an uh, a step or an example because you mentioned that as your organization you've really going deeper into diversity and inclusion any steps that you've taken as a company so you know the interesting thing is uh, uh, when you're trying to kind of attract people within the organizations you know before you attract people from outside uh, and especially when you're trying to kind of attract people with diverse backgrounds it's important for you to kind of look inside your organization and try to ask yourself a question whether uh, these biases still exist within the company uh, do people have these conscious or unconscious bias against people who are slightly different than them and if yes then what is it that you've done to sensitize them uh, to orient them about this and how do you break these biases so that you know even if you get somebody from outside the person does not feel uh, excluded for whatever reason so sure. so so we are doing a series of uh, uh, you know the speaker series there are training workshops that we've planned uh, and this entire exercise is more about educating people and trying to tell them in terms of you know why uh, being inclusive uh, is important and why having a diverse culture is important the other thing that we've done is and uh, thanks to the lockdown and thanks to covid currently when you're hiring people you don't necessarily have the constraint of time and space earlier you know jobs would mean a job in bombay at our headquarters between 9 to 6 i'm just taking an example sure. now when you are trying to attract people you can you can have talent sitting anywhere in the country anywhere in the world rather and uh, there is flexibility that you can offer to this uh candidate which could be uh, flexibility in terms of employment contracts flexibility in terms of time flexibility in terms of how you basically want to use their services so on and so forth as soon as you you are open to attracting these kind of people uh you are you have access to a talent pool that you otherwise never had access to 
it's easier for you to now get in touch with uh, you know women employees it's easier for you to kind of get in touch with people uh, who are physically challenged and can't necessarily come to office uh, it's easier for you to kind of access people with different kinds of orientation and and these people could be sitting anywhere across the world so so you know we we are, we are trying to basically uh, we introduced flexi hiring during covid times and we are wanting to kind of you know access this diverse talent pool uh, because of the flexibility that it offers uh, at this point of time. There are also a whole host of initiatives that we've taken uh, for women employees within the organization. It is all, you know, just trying to kind of make life, uh, you know, normal for a minority group within the organization. The whole objective is the minority group should f feel no different from the majority group. Uh, and this minority, as I said, could be of any type, gender, sexual orientation, industry, whatever. They should feel comfortable at work. They should feel uh, comfortable to kind of voice out their opinions, so on and so forth. And Vibash just really explains it. Whenever we look at HDFC life as an organization from an outside-in perspective, there are, there's a very positive recall that we have from employees, ex-employees, external ecosystem. So all the things that you have spoken about actually become a one big cohesive messaging um, that goes out to the industry. We've also heard people get, um, my apologies, we've also seen people remember how their organizations treated them even years and decades ahead. So all the things that you've spoken about, I think is, is towards building a very uh, inclusive work environment where people believe that they are valued beyond the jobs that they're doing within the organization. You also, you also spoke about interestingly about the pandemic and, and everything else that it entails. It's actually been a year since the corporate world experienced the, the global work from home phenomenon. And closer home in India, we realized that not all organizations were set up for it. And there's a lot of um, pivot that organizations had to do towards it. In your experience, given the kind of hiring that you do, what would be your recommendations in engaging and building a successful remote working culture for our audience? Okay, so it's been an interesting year uh, for everyone uh, across the globe, especially for corporates. And people had to quickly invoke their BCPs and there was absolutely no time sure. for one to kind of respond to the situation. But I also feel that, you know, most corporates uh, and most people adapted to the situation uh, pretty well. Uh, my take on the situation is, uh, I think work from home, even companies were averse uh, to trusting people and uh, enforcing this 100% work from home. Eventually, uh, I think they were pleasantly surprised in terms of the way uh, people responded to the situation. Uh, uh, and I think most of, most of the people have got it right is, is the way I would like to think about it. Uh, you know, obviously, progressive organizations were building digital tools uh, and all those organizations who invested in technology and digital tools, uh, irrespective of COVID, in the fear of getting disrupted by, you know, some other players in the market, I think were responded faster as compared to the ones who did not invest in technology. That's one part of it. Uh, the second part of it is, you know, now one year has passed. I believe that 100% work from home model may not necessarily be the best uh, model uh, in the long term. Uh, I, I do believe that a hybrid model is something that possibly could be 
uh, a better model uh, for you to kind of improve productivity. Uh, so, and and I also feel that a hundred percent work from home or a hundred percent work from office. I think both models won't exist in the near future. Most organizations will gravitate towards a hybrid model of part uh, work from home and part work from office. Uh, you know, I think the expectation that people had when people were working from home from organizations or from managers was uh, managers giving them flexibility showing empathy, trying to understand in terms of the situation that they had at home. Uh, the pressures of office were also humongous. Um, unfortunately, also what was happening was, uh, you know, from uh, because it's work from home, all your meetings would become very formal. There were no, there were no informal modes of communication that existed. Uh, and it was adding to the pressure. Uh, in fact, I know of so many situations wherein conflicts were not getting resolved because the only conversations people would have with each other would be professional conversations. There would be nothing informal uh, that would happen through these meetings, uh, virtual meetings that would get conducted. Uh, this hybrid model, I think, helps you break the monotony. So you work from home for a few days, then you come and meet people. There are informal conversations that you have. Uh, and that's how you are able to, uh, you know, get the uh, right mix of, uh, you know, both, uh, both the models. Uh, but I, I personally believe that, you know, a hundred percent work from home model is something that may not be the most effective way to work uh, in the future. You people are touchy feely and it's important for them to kind of, you know, meet up, talk, have informal conversations. Uh, and that can only be possible if they meet in person. So I'm a little skeptical about 100% remote working. So Vibhash, we have your prediction. You are, uh, you are calling it out that it will be hybrid workforce in the future with a few days working from home, a few days in office and different versions in between of it. Interestingly, when you were saying this, I was just thinking back on my own journey here at Upgrad for Business. So I joined during the pandemic, uh, which means my entire onboarding, all the introductory conversations, your first meetings with colleagues, teams, uh, all happened remote. Uh, and it was a very different experience and, and really a big call out to our HR, IT, admin team in making sure that everything comes from you, from the real estate uh, that you need to the internal um, organizational entitlements that you need. And uh, but I must say, uh, advocating what you said, um, a few days in the week I was in office before the second wave and the kind of camaraderie that you can build with your colleagues, um, getting to sit across with them, socially distanced of course, uh, trying to understand um, what they are doing in their day in the office. There's a whole level of understanding, appreciation and the point of conflict management that you said comes through. I mean, there's no substitute to resolving it in person or over a call rather than over emails. So completely, completely hear you on this one. Yeah, in fact, in fact, Minakshi, I empathize a set of new joiners who joined the organization and have never been able to kind of meet any of their team members. I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, most people are smart. They understand their function. They understand the job. But to understand the organization, its culture, they've got to feel, you know, by having people around them. And if that doesn't happen, I think the learning curve would be slightly longer is what my sense is. For sure. And in fact, that brings me to a follow-up query around it. 
so whether it's remote working or whether it's some version of work from home the core objective doesn't change organizations still want their employees to feel positive about the organization and while um increments are a manner of um recognizing the the top performers or valuing employees contribution in your experience are there any productivity hacks that you could share with our audience that might have worked for you as an hr leader which got employees to work beyond 100% got strong recall back for the organization i uh, and again there's a lot of research on this uh, topic and money is not the biggest or the most motivating factor for keeping people engaged it is an important factor so if you pay low then obviously somebody is going to be one is going to be uh, unhappy but just by just because you're paying more one does not uh, you know money does not guarantee happiness or engagement of an employee so the question is what makes uh, an employing an engaged employee and why would he or she put in discretionary effort beyond uh, the bau uh, i think a couple of things that i have learned uh, over the years Uh, uh again you know as a manager or a leader myself and also having seen uh, so many people uh, being part of the hr profession uh one is i think uh, irrespective of where one is in the hierarchy uh no one likes to just be a cog in the wheel people want to you, you know people want to know in terms of you know how or what they do how does it fit into the overall scheme of things it's important for leaders and organizations to align uh, their team members to a larger goal or a purpose uh if people you know come to office do an activity and and just go home and they don't know in terms of you know why what they are doing and how it kind of you know, links to the larger bigger picture then over a period of time it becomes very monotonous and boring so it's very important for leaders to uh be inspirational it's important for them to tell people in terms of what the larger purpose and the goal is uh and then this goal and this goal can be broken into multiple goals again but people need to know in terms of you know, how it's how what they are doing is adding value to the larger purpose i think that is something which is absolutely absolutely important because if that happens then they know that okay you know what i am doing a small little job but it's a, it is important and i am also contributing to this larger goal and this is my contribution to this entire larger goal i think that is something which is absolutely absolutely critical the second thing is i think there needs to be a learning that needs to happen on the job if it becomes very monotonous if you're doing the same thing day in and day out and if there's no learning monotony can uh, kill an individual uh, and in every job i think there is that 10% uh, or 15% something different that can be offered to the individual that breaks the monotony and that keeps the person engaged the importance of having a good manager uh, you know the organization could be good the work could be good one knows in terms of you know why he or she is doing what he or she is doing but if you have a bad manager i think everything can go for a toss very true vibhashan uh, in fact you've given our audience a, a very uh, sound nugget amongst the others that you've also spoken is the biggest way to ensure productive workforce is keep challenging them so monotony is the killer of productivity is a is a message that i i can definitely resonate and relate with yeah and even the sense of purpose that i spoke of sense of purpose i think is absolutely critical if that sense of purpose sure. does not exist then people just come and go absolutely so alignment to the vision the culture that you spoke about earlier the purpose and of course ensuring that there is interesting challenging work for them uh, to keep them engaged 
एच टी एफ सी लाइफ ऑल्सो इंटरनलाइजेज द कॉन्सेप्ट ऑफ लाइफ लॉन्ग लर्निंग विभाष वी विव सीन यू वेरी पैशनेटली स्पीक अबाउट दैट इन इंटरनल फोरम्स एंड टू आर एक्सटर्नल वर्ल्ड इज वेल एट अपग्रेड वी एब्सोल्यूटली रेजनेट दैट इन फैक्ट लाइफ लॉन्ग लर्निंग इज अ कैच फ्रेज दैट बिकम्स अ पार्ट ऑफ एवरी नरेटिव दैट वी हैव इट दिस रिमाइंड्स मी ऑफ अ फेमस कोड बाय हेनरी फोर्ड इज वेल he actually mentioned that the only thing worse than training and upskilling your employees is having them is not having them leave but to not train them and have them stay um htfc life has very interesting learning engagements in play uh, would you mind sharing this with our audience uh, yes sir lakshi yes. okay so the way we look at learning and development within the organization is uh, you know first it's a very important for us to understand uh, your learner group and in most organizations uh, the learner group will not be homogeneous you will have a diverse set of people uh, and you know the diversity could be basis the kind of functions that they do it could be basis seniority of the individual uh, the motivators demotivators for these set of people is very very different in fact the learning styles also that people have are very different a few people like to learn by doing uh, by you know learn on the job a few people like to kind of be on their own and read about stuff few people like online learning few people like instructor led training classroom learning few people like to learn in groups so you know it's it's important for us to appreciate that we are dealing with adults secondly this group of adults that we are talking of are extremely diverse third is we want to appreciate that the learning styles could be very very different so when you are trying to kind of have a learning ecosystem within the organization we said there is no one size fit all solution that could possibly take care of all these diverse set of people that you have within the group uh, our objective has been can we create a learning ecosystem which is robust can we have different sources of learning that could appeal to different learning styles so you know there could be something for everyone uh, and uh, everyone need not so you create a platform wherein you know you provide different different types of learning sources and uh, then you kind of uh, let people decide in terms of you know what is working best for them accordingly kind of uh, you know increase the learning quotient for example classroom training virtual learning mobile learning we had simulation based learning themes uh, we have got university alliances in fact recently we also had speaker series you know speakers coming from outside or internally talking about certain topics uh, we are thinking of having debates within the organization on topics where people have polarized views and the idea is to kind of you know give them perspectives of uh, a different perspectives on the same topic wonderful uh, so so there are different ways in which you try to kind of make your entire learning ecosystem uh, uh, buoyant uh, and that's what uh, we've been trying to uh, you know do over the last so many years every year we think that you know maybe this is something which is now becoming boring we need to introduce something new and that's how we keep on introducing something into the learning ecosystem and we were famous to applaud you and your entire learning and development team uh, this is a lot of work this is a lot of intention and the fact that your organization has been able to execute on it so seamlessly at least from an external world is creditable i'm sure there were a lot of nerve wracking moments uh, whether you talk about speaker series or debates in organ using it finding it to be the most impactful for your organization given the diversity that you have in your um work ecosystem as well um we will switch tacks here uh, now we are sure almost at the 
end of our conversation, obviously you gave us a lot of recommendations in terms of what uh, a good culture means, the role of leaders and managers and values as part of it, how to ensure that employees feel uh, a sense of belonging and inclusion and diversity. There's another flavor that you brought in. We also spoke about the importance of lifelong learning. We definitely touched upon the work from home and the entire remote work culture in terms of uh, building a productive and a positive workforce. While we spoke about these elements, I'm also very curious on, on how you look at the external world or the extended ecosystem. Is, is there a correlation that you see in a strong, positive workforce influencing its ecosystem as well? Well, certainly, uh, I think an engaged employee creates an engaged uh, customer. So if you have uh, a set of people within the organization who are not very engaged, who don't have a sense of purpose, uh, who are not aligned to your value systems, uh, you obviously, it will start to show in your customer satisfaction. It will start to show in the type of service that you are giving to your distributors, customers, so on and so forth. So absolutely, there's a very strong linkage between uh, having an engaged workforce, productivity, and uh, so many other things uh, that happen in the external world. For sure, Vibash. So Vibash, you've given us a, a lot of pointers. Uh, I'm sure this will lead to a lot of deep conversations within our audience pool as well. It was good having conversation with you. So thank you for inviting me for this podcast series. Uh, really enjoyed it. Absolutely, Vibash. Like I mentioned, it's an incredible um, um, honor to speak with you uh, in this forum, having seen the way that you've been leading the charge at HGFC Life for almost a decade now. Uh, appreciate all the inputs and the candidness with which you spoke to our audience. Uh, thank you everyone uh, for those listening in. It was an invigorating conversation and I'm sure there was enough and more for different segments of our audience to take away from this conversation. Do share it with your peers. Let us know what you think about this in the comment section below. You can also share your views on LinkedIn tagging our page, Upgrad for Business. Please use the hashtag, hashtag Accelerating Growth. You could also subscribe to the Accelerating Growth on your preferred podcast streaming apps to get more updates about the next episodes. Have a good one, everyone. Bye. Bye.